Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Heme Consoles podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Onwemina, and it is such a pleasure to be talking with you today. I'm a physician scientist, educator, and so much more. Today's episode is called Harmony. Harmony. <laughs> and the theme scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. And before I get started, I just want to say, a woman of color in hematology, you are a beautiful song waiting to be sung. And here's the thing. You're the one making the music. You're the one making the melody. You're the one making the harmony. And unless you take the time to sing this song, to conduct our singing of the song, we don't get to sing it. And part of being able to sing the song, part of being able to conduct the song for us to sing is for you to understand the song, is for you to bring the song forth. And so I just invite you to discover the beauty of the notes inside of you, of the harmony that you bring, and that you would have the courage to share with us your song so that we can sing it alongside you. And the beauty of you singing the song that is yours is that while we get to sing the song and enjoy it alongside you, you're the one who gets the primary benefit of the beauty of the song. And so I just want to encourage you to, to discover what is needed to release your song so that we can be a part of that song. <laughs> and thank you for considering doing that. All right. Oh, Women of Color and Hematology, today we are talking about harmony. And the reason I want to talk about harmony is because of how important harmony is. I mean, if you think about a song that you sing, in order to be able to create harmony, you've got to understand what the notes do, which notes go together, and how the notes come together to create harmony. If you just randomly play notes, let's say on the piano, on the keyboard, for instance, you may get a discordant sound. And the only way to actually get a harmonious sound is to know which notes go together and then to have the courage to play them together. And so I think harmony is so important. And of course, when I think about harmony, I'm thinking not just about the sound that's created by an instrument, but also the harmony that exists between us and our outside. And I think we live in an environment where people would like us to just be one way on the outside, no matter what we're feeling on the inside. And I think it's our responsibility to create the harmony that's needed so that what's on the inside is what's on the outside. And both are welcome and accepted by us. And it really does take us doing the work to create that kind of harmony. The reason I am talking about it today is because once upon a time, and actually not too long ago, a few years ago, I had 
a disconnect between the way I was feeling and the experience I was having on the outside. So for example, I would be, say, let's say I was walking out on in my neighborhood. I'm walking out in my neighborhood and all of a sudden I'm feeling sad. And I pause and I'm saying, well, why did I just start feeling sad? And I have to trace back my feelings to perhaps a trigger that happened three hours earlier when I was having a telephone conversation with someone like a mentor and they said something that upset me. But I didn't process it until three hours later when I happened to have time to think about it as I was walking. And so this was a thing that happened for me very often where in the moment of the trigger, I probably did feel it a little bit. I felt a little bit of a constriction in my chest and a feeling of something not good happening, but I would suppress it because I'm like, this is not the right place to show sadness or anger. This is not the right place. And then I would suppress it, but it would still be there. And so it wouldn't be until I had a few moments to think, so mental space, that all of a sudden the emotion would come pouring out. And I would, I would be surprised. I would say, where are you coming from? What's going on? How, how can you be feeling sad? There's nothing sad happening right now. Part of that is because there was a disconnect between the experience of sadness probably three hours before and my feeling the sadness, the emotion of sadness in that moment. And so this was a common thing for me. And I remember working through it with my coach. And one of the things we had to go back and do, or I had to go back and do, or I needed to go back and do, was to say in that moment when the trigger happened, how were you feeling? Because remember, I'm not feeling this emotion till maybe three hours later, or at least later than the actual event. But when we debriefed it, I would recognize that, yes, in that moment, I did have feelings. It wasn't the feeling of sadness. It was the feeling of something uncomfortable. So I would feel like a constriction in my neck or a tightness in my chest. There would just be this feeling of discomfort. But I would push it away and I would, you know, push it out of this of, of sight, like perhaps I was angry and I knew I wasn't supposed to be angry in that moment or anger wasn't allowed in that moment. I would push it out of sight and I would, you know, finish the experience or finish the conversation. And then it wasn't until later that I was caught off guard that I allowed myself to feel that emotion. Yeah. <laughs> And so part of the work was going back and feeling the emotion in the moment, was closing the gap between the trigger and the feeling of the emotion. And it took a lot of time. This was hard work for me because I had gotten so used to this act of suppression, suppressing the emotion. The thing about emotions is that if they exist, they will come out. And if you suppress them, they'll find their way to come out. And so one of the challenges that I had to work through was to bring the trigger and the emotion back together and allow myself to feel the emotion. And so perhaps I'm talking to a mentor who I absolutely think is the best thing since sliced bread and they say something that's negative. I allow myself to feel the disappointment of that statement in the moment. And that took a long time to be able to do that. And I think I think one of the challenges I had, so first of all, I mean, I think when I think about it, I think there are many reasons why I was that way. One is just this growing up in an environment where I was supposed to be the happy child. I was the one who brought happiness. (laughs) 
And so if ever there was something that may, perhaps made me feel unhappy, I felt like, oh, no, that's not consistent with my role. I'm the happy one. Of course I need to be happy. And so I would suppress any emotions of sadness. You may have felt this if you feel like crying and you think, oh, crying is not appropriate in this minute, in this moment. And so you suppress your tears. You're still feeling the, the pain and the discomfort, but you're suppressing tears because there's a sense that this emotion is not appropriate in this moment. Anyway, as I've done the work, I think one of the things that I recognize is how important it is to feel what you feel when you feel it, how important it is to recognize disappointment, how important it is to express the emotion of the moment. And, and it's true. Sometimes you feel an emotion and you don't necessarily want it to come out. For example, perhaps you're in a patient um, encounter and the patient says or does something that you feel angry about, it is important to stop and pause and acknowledge that feeling of anger and then let go of the feeling of anger. And what we try to do is that we try to suppress the feeling of anger so we can show up as excited and joyous and enthusiastic even when we're not feeling it in that moment. But what we really need to do, or at least what I'm learning to do, is to feel the anger in the moment and then let it go. And so it's not that I'm pretending to not be angry, is that I'm acknowledging the expression of the anger and then letting it go. Anyway, so I want to share this, and it's not so much a story as it is kind of like an experience that I've had. I want to share it because I do think it's important for us to live in harmony with ourselves. And so the way we feel on the inside should match the way we show up on the outside. And I think that we are in a culture that doesn't always encourage those two things to match. And it's two things. It's like, okay, well, so maybe you're angry, but maybe this is not the right environment in which to express your anger. And so let's just pretend you're not angry. But the challenge with that is that if you're feeling it inside, it's coming out of you, even if you're pretending that it's not there. And you've probably experienced this where some, or you look at someone, you're like, you're angry. And they're like, oh, I'm not angry. Oh, I'm not angry at all. <laughs> but you are feeling the vibes of red hot anger seeping through that smile. So it's one of those things that you experience as false, like this gap between what the person says they're not feeling and what you're experiencing. And so in reality, whenever we suppress emotions that we're actually feeling or we pretend it doesn't exist, in reality, we're not really fooling people, more maybe fooling ourselves. And so what's important is that we harmonize. And I'm not saying that, oh, if you're angry, everybody needs to know you're angry, but it's accepting the feeling and then deciding, do I show up angry or do I not show up angry? But what you want to do is harmonize both. Anyway, so those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. Okay. So I, I think I'm still doing the work, but it's definitely much better. And there's definitely now more resonance between the way I feel and the way I show up on the outside. And part of one of part of the thing, one of the things I've had to work on is saying, okay, how about instead of pretending to be happy, I just, I just choose to be happy. How about instead of pretending I'm not disappointed, I just choose to not be disappointed. And it, it's different. It's one of, one of the differences that on the one hand, you feel disappointed and you're pretending you don't feel disappointed. On the other hand, it's saying, I feel disappointed and I let go of my disappointment. I choose not to be disappointed. And then you show up as not disappointed. 
And so I think it depends on how you want to show up on the outside. But what's important is to harmonize with the inside. So the three things I want to share from that is that the answer to every response, like every question you're asked, whenever you go to answer, the answer really lies in the space of stillness, in the mental space that allows you to process your emotions and your feelings. There really does need to be a gap between stimulus and response. And this is a quote from Viktor Frankl that talks about between stimulus and response, there is a space. And there is a space. But we are the ones to create the space and to expand the space, to give ourselves time to decide what to do about the response. And sometimes the reason there's such a gap between our response to a stimulus or the reason why, yes, the reason why there's such a gap between our acceptance of the feeling, or at least that has happened to me, is that in the moment we're suppressing any space. We're not creating any space for processing. We're like, nope, nope, nope. We're allowing our automatic, oh, we've got to pretend everything is okay to step in. And for many of us, that is part of our medical training where it's like, are you going to be mad at the attending? Of course not. You're going to pretend everything is great so you can get that grade. And that carries on with us all over. But it is important for us to create space, to create opportunity to express and experience our emotions. And sometimes that means stepping away so that you can acknowledge the way you feel and decide how you want to respond how you want to let go or not let go of the feeling that you're feeling. I think the second thing I want to say is that we have work. I have work. I think you might have work to do in connecting who you are, who we are, with how we want to show up. And again, the reason I think that work is needed is because we live in an environment that says, oh, no, 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 no. No one's allowed to show up sad in this place, so you better come happy. And we feel like it's our responsibility to do that no matter how we feel. And I think it takes work, hard work to connect the way we are feeling and the way we're showing up in the moment. And I think it's important for us to make those connections because we want to be in harmony with ourselves. We want the way we feel inside to be the way we show up on the outside, but we're only able to do that maturely when we've done the work of processing the way we feel. And so it is an encouragement to take up the space that's needed, take the time that's needed to connect who you are with the way you want to show up on the outside. The third thing I want to share is that if there's discord between who I am and how I show up and the path forward is difficult, I think that the challenge of pretending that everything is okay when it's not is that you know deep inside that it's not okay. And as much as you want to move forward and pretend everything is fine just so that everybody can get along, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. You can do it, but it's hard and you're slow and you're distracted by this unacknowledged feeling that's still going on inside you. And so I think it's important just to acknowledge that if there's discord between who I am and how I show up, it will be difficult. And so sometimes there's a sense that it takes too much time to process the emotion, but it actually takes longer to ignore it. And so it's important that we do that work so that we can harmonize 
how we're feeling on the inside with how we're showing up on the outside. And so I invite you to do the hard work of uncovering who you are. And it is hard work. It's hard work because most of the time our society tells us, well, these are the ways that you're allowed to show up. These are the ways you're allowed to feel. And anything outside of that is not acceptable. And it is something that we internalize. And it really takes time to do the hard work of saying, well, who am I? How do I feel in this kind of situation? Under what circumstances do I express anger and do I not? And it really does take you doing the work to discover who you are, how you feel, and how you want to show up when circumstances arise. I think the second thing I want to invite you to do is to create space to align who you are with how you show up on the outside. If you have had a great medical training like I have, you've learned very well how to suppress your feelings, right? You probably are good at suppressing the urge to eat. You're good at suppressing the urge to go to the bathroom. You're good at suppressing the urge to go to sleep because of taking call. And so we've had a lot of practice ignoring our bodily sensations that are trying to tell us something. And so in order for us to reconnect and understand when what hunger means, <laughs> understand what the need to sleep means, understand what what the expression of our bodies or what, what the our body's trying to tell us, then we really do need to create space to do that work. And so number one is to do the work, but number two is to create space. Create space so you can align who you are with what you do. And the third thing I want to invite you to do is to upgrade your software. You know, once upon a time, we were angry and everybody had to know we were angry and we couldn't get over the anger for three to four days at a time. And I think we're in an opportune space to learn to upgrade our software so that anger doesn't have to follow us day in and day out. To spend the time it takes to do the hard work of recognizing and naming the source of our emotions so that we can let them go. And I think many times the reasons our emotions are like, the, you know, maybe the emotion of fear or anger or worry stays with us stays with us is because they're unacknowledged. And so the the anger is saying, can you just acknowledge that I'm here, please? And the moment we acknowledge the anger and we acknowledge why it exists, sometimes that's what we need to release it. Like it can't be released until it's been acknowledged. And, and so upgrading our software in the professional and personal development things that we do allows us to handle our emotions more maturely. And so I'm <laughs> a continuing work in progress, but I will say that it's, it's getting easier to make those connections. It's getting easier to acknowledge those emotions. It's getting easier to acknowledge them and then let them go, especially when they're negative emotions. Acknowledge the sadness, feel the disappointment, the betrayal, and say, okay, I've acknowledged it, and then letting it go. And it takes time. It takes energy and it, take, it takes effort to do that. And I want to invite you to do that work because as you upgrade your software, everything gets better. Everyone's experience of you gets better as well. Okay. So I just want to encourage you again, oh, woman of color in hematology, that you are a beautiful song waiting to be sung. And 
I invite you to do the work of creating harmony between who you are and how you show up so that people can enjoy the harmony of the song that you sing. And if there's someone else who needs to hear this, I ask that you would share it with them. And I ask that you would share with me the song that you're singing, the person you're becoming, how this podcast may be helping you transform into that person. I'd really love to hear it. I invite you to send me a DM or send me an email. I am on Instagram at Coag Coach. I am also on Facebook as Tracy Lumina and on LinkedIn as well. I invite you to reach out to me and share with me how this podcast has been helping you or if you would even share ideas about how the podcast could be even more helpful to you. All right. That's all I have to say today. I invite you to connect with me on coagcoach.com and I look forward to talking with you again the next time. Take care.